morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness for Real, the podcast where we talk about all things wellness. I'm your host. My name is Marlena, and if you're new here, welcome. We have so many amazing episodes, so make sure you go back and check those out as well. We talk about everything on this show. I was inspired to start this podcast after uh, finally finding success in my own weight loss and wellness journey uh, by finally shedding all of the toxic diet culture bullshit and just embracing finding what works for me. So we share other people's stories, uh, tips, tricks, all the things, um, and we talk about it all. So buckle up, y'all, because it's about to get real. Hello. Hello, Marlena. Hi, Stella. How are you? I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Happy to be talking. Yes, I'm so excited because I know you're like a longtime listener. I am. The podcast. So I'm so excited to finally have you on. Too. Do you just want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, Absolutely. So my name is Stella and I am on uh, Instagram at everydaystella underscore. I started uh, this account uh, 2018. Yes, 2018. Um, I originally had uh, started this Instagram account when I had rejoined WW uh, in 2018 for probably like the, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth time, something like that over the years and um, just kind of grew up from there as more of a a health and wellness kind of Instagram. So I like to share recipes and just kind of my everyday life, outdoor activities and things like that. So it's a little bit about my background with there. Yeah. And so you also, so did your blog stem from your Instagram or was it the other way around? My blog definitely stemmed from my Instagram. So okay. I, yeah, I had originally started sharing a lot of recipes on my Instagram page um, and had people asking me all the time for how to share the recipes, like if they couldn't figure out how to shape, uh, save the links on Instagram and so forth. And rather than just putting them all in my comments or in the, um, you know, the body of the Instagram post, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to try and set up a blog and see how this works. And so I could share my recipes there. And then that kind of just blossomed, I guess, and started getting uh, more and more followers from there. WW wound up sharing my few of my recipes on their page, which helped it grow a bit in the beginning. And then it also allowed me to start doing some work with some brands and um, got to do like a cooking segment on a um, local news station here in Seattle area and some other fun kind of things like that. That's so cool. Did you ever imagine that like all of this, well, you know, that starting your Instagram and documenting your journey that would like turn into all of this? Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) It was all all just set up, you know, just kind of, you know, a little bit extra motivation for myself to, you know, stay accountable and just kind of meet people that were in the same, you know, fitness health realm that I was, you know, in and just trying to, um, yeah, really it was just for motivation, honestly. (laughs) And then it's just there and then I wound up making you know lifelong friends which is really cool something I never ever thought I would do um, just from Instagram and being able to meet people and just share um, my recipes has just been a lot of fun 
it's so crazy. Like I, I didn't even realize that Instagram could be used in the way that it's used, like in the weight loss community, like for like support and you find people who are on the same or similar journeys to you or, um, you know, people like you that are sharing recipes and that are make it easier for you to like stick to your goals. Um, and you wind up meeting people like I have like light again as well. Like I've met lifelong friends and I got to meet you in person right oh. before, <laughs> right before uh, COVID kind of changed everything. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I actually, I, don't even, I never even had an Instagram account really prior to that. I think I made a, I might've set up one where I shared a few pictures on my personal page and then somebody had just mentioned to me, you should check that out. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was, you know, an old Facebook person kind of thing, <laughs> dating myself a little, but um, yeah, no, but then I started that and I was like, this is so cool. You never reach out to so many different things, you know, not only with like recipe creators and, um, people that were doing, you know, certain health and fitness things, but also like started, uh, I met people that were doing like boot camps and like, you know, physical activities and things like that, that are outside of what you wouldn't think you would find from just a photo sharing kind of website. So it turned into a lot more than I ever expected it to be. So I want to hear a little bit more about like your journey to this final like weight loss like attempt that you had. So have you like always struggled with your weight or like, what's your relationship with that? Uh, yes, I'd say yes, definitely. Um, I was in, you know, when I was young, I peaked a little early with, you know, um, uh, probably like I was 10 or 12 when started going through puberty. And then, then that's when my body kind of changed and I started getting curves, you know, another girl's my age had, you know, while I wasn't overweight by any means at that age, looking back at it now, I always felt bigger because I was, I had a body that the girls didn't, you know, that were my age didn't. And so I was constantly getting compared to that. So that really set in my mind at an early young age. Um, I can specifically pinpoint it to like, I was a a ballet dancer. I did ballet, tap and jazz for like 10 years, you know, all through elementary and high school. And I had a, uh, one of my ballet teachers specifically said something to me like, you don't have the body to be a ballet dancer. You have too many curves. You're shaped like Dolly Parton. Mm. Sticking in my head and just was like, wow. Okay. Um, and so that was kind of the, you know, the beginning of, I think where I was realizing that my body was different. And, um, after I stopped dancing, I definitely started gaining a little bit of weight as well. And so then that was like, I was 15 or 16, I think. And then I wound up actually, um, getting pregnant with my daughter when I was 17 in high school. And, uh, at that point, really, uh, my weight, uh, fluctuated a lot and, uh, all through my twenties, I was off and on Weight Watchers. I think I've done it probably three or four times prior to, like I said, in 2018, after I finally was like, I'm done. I can't keep doing this kind of yo-yo thing. And um, wanted, I knew it worked for me in the past, but if I just stuck with it for me, it was always a matter of just sticking with anything, I think, which is, um, you know, similar for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. These life cycles that we go through, right? You know, it's like... Mm -hmm there's always challenges and ups and downs. And I think when you're, you're feeling good, you're feeling good. And when you're not, you're not. And um, it kind of impacts your body in so many different ways. And so, um, yeah, when I hit, 
it was my 40th birthday in 2018 or 2017 actually. And, um, right after that, it was like, a, this is it. I need to, I need to feel good. And my, you know, my, my daughter was grown. She's out of the house and I felt like I could finally focus on myself. And that's where it was just like the light bulb kind of moment was like this, I'm, I'm getting back into it. And that's why I rejoined again that final time. Wow, that's awesome. And I, I mean, that comment about your body, like at that young of an age, like that is something I can absolutely relate to. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners too can or can as well. Uh, yes. Which is which is such a shame, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. like, how, how many of us like, can think about when we were younger and how like awful we felt in our bodies and how large we felt. And then we, you look back at those pictures and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) like, and to have a a young, you know, girl or kid, any, you know, boy or girl doesn't matter to have that self image, um, that it just really sticks with you. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I was like, I, I I would, you know, that's, it's so appalling to have that put on kids at such a young age, and it just torments you and sticks with you. So did you stop dancing? because like was that kind of a big reason that you did oh yeah I had a lot to do with it I just felt um I felt out of place because I wasn't like you know the stick thin you know ballet dancer that you see out there you know or um I would do you know back then it would be considered it was called jazz but now it's like hip-hop you know this is like a long time ago (laughs) so um, I think I, I loved that and I felt like I could fit into that, but at the same point, um, you know, when you're a young girl that's got big boobs and you're out there dancing and it's just like, it, you just felt awkward. You just didn't feel mm-hmm. like, you, you know, it just felt uncomfortable and it was definitely something that uh, pushed me away from it. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's so sad. Have you revisited ballet dancing as an adult now that you're like into fitness and no. health? I hadn't thought about it. Um, I considered doing um, some dance classes, not really ballet though, more towards like the contemporary or the hip hop kind of thing. I always thought would be fun. I wound up doing, I think what close to that, I guess I consider health wise would be Zumba classes. You know, I just, I thought just the music and the um, environment, but really what kind of pushed me back into that zone was a uh, cycle because I just absolutely loved mm. uh, the cycle classes. Um, I just always, described it as like, for me, it was like doing cycle in at a dance club where they throw it, throw in motivational speaking at the same time. You know, it was like, for me, it just kind of fit all of those pieces where it was fun. There was great music. It was a cool environment. I felt like I was dancing, but I was on a bike and it just, it worked for me. So that was more kind of what I leaned towards um, when I got back into the fitness realm. That's awesome. That is like the perfect description for a spin class. If you've never done a spin class before, it literally is like cardio in a club with like somebody telling you you're amazing and you can do anything. (laughs) Smile in one minute and then you'd be crying the next minute. (laughs) I like this. (laughs) It's so true. Um, So you mentioned that you've like gotten the opportunity to like work with brands and like have, uh, you know, be on TV. Um, Do you have anything like exciting coming up with your blog or like what what do you have kind of going on right now? I actually don't have a, I've got a couple of brands that I started to work with recently that um, we may, one of them I've done, I did the commercial with previously. Uh, We're looking back into setting up some new um, stuff coming up, but it's not, nothing's finalized yet. So 
potentially fingers crossed that that'll be coming. Um, I've kind of actually had a little bit of a lull in my, um, my recipe creations and my blog recently, like I said, it's one of those life cycles that's been happening. I've been dealing with a lot of, um, personal and emotional things. I think over the past year, I started doing therapy and kind of getting back into, um, my mental health versus my physical health. So it's one of those cycles that I'm working on right now. Um, I've just hit 40, well, I'll be 46 next uh, week and I'm going through perimenopause right now. So that's something completely new to me. So it's been um, some things I've been trying to figure out with uh, how to deal with that. Um, So yeah, I think hopefully it'll get back into my blog after I'm feeling a little bit better about my mental health and getting into that. Um, I started going back to school and working on some things. So that's kind of been on the back burner a little bit, but it's um, a goal of mine to get going back into it again. I love that though. And that is so important to understand that like we all go through different seasons and it's okay to like for our priorities to shift and change, you know, depending on what we're going through. Um, And also happy early birthday. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, have to recognize that because I feel like you put such pressure on yourself even like like I said this Instagram started as something or, you know my blog and everything that was I was really into and gung-ho at the moment and now I feel like it's lapsed a little bit and I still see other people out there growing and continuing and then I look at myself kind of like oh you kind of failed there and I'm like no you didn't don't say that about yourself because you're still doing other things so I think we have to remind ourselves that it's not always, you know, a straightforward trajectory with what you're doing. And there's going to be ups and downs and not to be so hard on yourself when you're um, working through things. That is perfectly said. And I couldn't agree more. Um, I feel that way with this podcast all the time. Oh, I bet. Like, you know, I'm like, eh, I just don't want to do it anymore. Or like, oh, it's not growing or it's not going anywhere. And then like, I'll do one episode that'll just like blow up, you know, and it's like something that I was dreading doing or my imposter syndrome was trying to like make me get out of, you know, and like when I'm creating and I'm sure like you, once you're actually creating, it's like very enjoyable. Right. And like fulfilling. And, um, no, I completely agree. You you feel it in the moment and then you're like, this is why I'm doing this. I, I enjoy this. It feels good. You have to kind of keep reminding yourself while you do the things you're doing. So what is your creation process like when you are creating a recipe? It's always been where um, I will see something at a restaurant or I've tried something or I'll see something on TV and I'll be like, oh, that looks really good. Or I love this dish. And I'm like, how can I recreate this on my own? I'll kind of think about what if what I would change about it if I would or um, what I think is in there and how I can make it my own, either lighting it lightening it up or um, just making my own twist on it. Um, and then I'll take, you know, inspiration from, I love Pinterest, you know, I'll go through Pinterest a lot and kind of look through recipes and get ideas and then like think of how I can re- rebrand it as my own. Um, I think with recipe creation, it's always kind of one of those things where it's like, you may have your own, your own idea or you're always um, finding it through other things, um, other areas. So I think definitely um, my husband's like a huge uh, fan of mine and and my work (laughs) to say. So he, he will jump into that a lot. So I'll think of things that I think he would like, or that I know that can be shared by a whole family. And it's not something that just, just that I would eat. So I really try to think about having it be something that, you know, you, anybody can try. 
I love that. And and I don't think we've said the name of your website, but it's Stella's Kitchen Secrets.com, right? Yes. Okay. And so it's you've had your blog for a while. What are some of your what is your most popular recipe, would you say? Um, I think a couple of them that really were super popular were my uh, cheesy jalapeno chicken taquitos. Those were ones that um, have always been at the top of the blog. They're super easy. They're kind of an air fried taquito that are really yummy. Um, I've had a, um, the, oh, sorry, a chicken um, bacon ranch pasta is another mm. good one that pops up a lot. And then my double chocolate zucchini muffins, I think, are the number one um, dessert type muffin dish that is the number one on there. Those are, and I like to make things that are easy. Um, so most of my meals are pretty much can be made in around 30 minutes. And a lot of them include, um, rotisserie chicken or, you know, shrimp or just fish or something that's an easy option. I don't like to make it so that it's simple enough that anybody can try it. So I think that's one thing that works out pretty well for people that try my recipes. I love that. I don't like spending a lot of time in the kitchen. I mean, I love, I love eating and I do enjoy cooking, but um, I think that one of the biggest things for having like sustainability in a wellness journey is having like easy recipes. Um, so I love that that your recipes are, they're not like, what is that? Like how many ingredients do I need? <laughs> like, um, so what is your, what would you say is your like quickest easiest combo recipe that you would recommend people go try out quickest easiest combo recipe um i would say give the chicken bacon ranch pasta a try i think that one is it is really easy because like i said use rotisserie chicken it's like a, a really quick homemade sauce and pasta and cheese it's it's really comes together really fast it feeds a family or you can meal prep for it which is another one it's one of those ones that gets better um, each day um, when you it sits and marinates and then you can reheat it which has uh, which i enjoy so i'll pack that up for lunch for the week um i think that's a really good one and then um any of the, there's a, a breakfast casserole actually that I, I really enjoy. It's a Southwest bre breakfast casserole that I will meal prep for the week. Um, that's also an easy one. You just dump everything in the um, casserole dish and bake it. And it's super easy. So those are probably the two that I would recommend for starting off. They're um, good meal prep ones or good family sharing meals. I'm definitely going to try that bacon chicken ranch recipe. That sounds oh, amazing. Definitely you'll have to try that out. Um, so you mentioned that you've kind of been starting therapy over the last couple of years. So is this like your first, um, like first time going to therapy? It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've always been a proponent of it, just never gone myself. Um, and so I think it was something that just really set in with me. Um, actually probably at the middle of the pandemic, I think I, a lot of us probably didn't realize how it affected us until we were in it or coming out of the, you know, it and trying to figure out how we were dealing with things. Um, and so for me, it was a huge step and I was not happy with um, my job at the time and just dealing with some things mentally. And so it was one of the, uh, an idea for me to go see, see somebody outside of my family or friends that just would kind of be like a, a third party that had no ties to what I was going through that could give me some advice. And for me, it's been huge. I love to hear that because therapy is just like, it, it can help you 
through whatever you're working through, but you really have to be like ready and willing to do the work for it to work. Right. Yeah. And nobody can tell you when you should go or what you need. I think it's always up to, you know, you finding your way there and figuring out how that's going to work for you and then finding the right person too. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's a lot of people try therapy and don't like their therapist or don't think that it works. And maybe it's just not the right time or the right person and to try it again, because I think it's huge to find that, uh, that connection there also. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I like to say like finding a therapist is like, it's like dating almost, especially nowadays with like therapists and really doctors in general. Like I I always shop for my doctor and they have full profiles online. Like you can read through, you know, obviously all their education and what they specialize in and all that, but also who are they, you know, where are they from? What is their culture? You know, are they going to understand you on a, on a deeper level, you know, and relate to you? Yes, no, I totally agree. And I felt, you know, lucky that I have, you know, not only the resources, but the insurance and the things that, you know, a lot of people don't have to be able to, to try that out, you know, and try different people and figure out what works best for you. So I do feel lucky in that sense as well. But I definitely feel like if you have the opportunity to, um, to look around or find the best fit, you definitely should do all the research you can and make sure that it's something that's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So have you developed some tools while you've been going through therapy or like other outlets um, to help you through like this chapter? Yeah, I've started doing a little bit of journaling and um, that's pretty new to me. I've never, uh, never been a journaler, journaler at all. I don't write. So um, just trying to figure out how that helps kind of like get things out um, without having to speak it, but still writing it down has been super helpful. Um, my physical activity hasn't been what it used to be, but I still continue to like walk every day. You'll, you know, kind of see me. I, I like to post a lot about my, my walks with my, my moose on, um, on our trail that we live on. So just getting outside and just having that peace when I'm walking is something that really helps me kind of think through, through a lot of things. So that's been super helpful. Um, and then I've just been starting a lot of supplements and vitamins lately that are also kind of helping with my brain fog and making me feel better and, um, more open-minded about things, I think as well. That's awesome. And I love that you're still walking every day because I feel like a lot of the times when we're going through something or we're really focused on, you know, our mental health or, you know, healing or whatever it might be. Um, we kind of throw everything else out the window, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, um, it's, yeah, I love seeing you out for your walks. I mean, first of all, you live in like such a beautiful area. I don't, yes. I feel blessed for that and try not to take it for granted and get out there as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then you have Moose with you, which like, I feel like our dogs would be best friends if they I ever think, met. <laughs> they would. Well, Moose is kind of a jerk sometimes, but I was feel- <laughs> why you have no friends because you're not a very nice dog but I think him and Conan would probably do great together (laughs) (laughs) yeah they definitely have this similar vibe they uh yeah yeah, but I love the little your little swims with him so he just does he always swim oh well we call it swimming in quotation marks because really (laughs) just dipping his feet in and taking a drink but we always call it a swim break because it's crack up about (laughs) But yes, he always has to go in the water. We have about three spots on the trail that he can stop at and, and jump in. So we're, we'll take the moment to let him do that and, and keep on walking. But it's really helpful to have him to get me out there and keep moving because um, 
I think if I didn't have him, I probably wouldn't do that as much. So I'm, I'm very grateful that um, I have him to get me outside also, because it's such a huge mental uh, break for us, especially like working from home. It's like the best, best time of my day is to get outside and do that on our lunch break. So I think it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have the same thing with Conan. Like he definitely helped me start to be more physical. And now it's like, I have to walk him other every day. Otherwise he sits and he stares at me. Yep. Does Moose do that? <laughs> yeah. I'll be at my desk working. He comes up and bumps my arm with his nose. He's like, all right, it's time to go. I'm like, okay, we're going. It's like clockwork. I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Uh, days a week. I totally miss those days. So I totally um, don't want to take them for granted at all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so are you still doing WW as like along with everything else you have going on? I not not really no I started doing calorie counting and kind of um working with my friend who's a nutritionist to do macros and um did that for a few months and uh I I like it so I'm just debating um kind of continuing with that fully and um I'll still with my recipes obviously post the ww points and the macros now I've been adding those in as well just for people who are doing whatever, you know, just so that, um, you can see that it works for, for everybody. They're not just WW recipes. So I want to make sure that anybody feels like they can, they can make them and it'll work for them. So I think, yeah, I de- um, definitely have not been following WW plan or really any plan for several months now, more just, um, I guess you would say intuitively eating and just doing what I feel is best for me at the moment. I actually love that. I mean, if you listen to me, you probably know how <laughs> you, you know how I feel about. Um, I mean, I definitely think that tracking obviously has its massive benefits and can be great for you know whatever period of your life that you're in. Or, um, but I feel like one of the biggest issues with WW is just that it's it feels so final. Like it feels like once you're in there, you like have to do it forever. And I kind of always said that to myself when, like, especially when I signed back up in 2018, I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing forever now because I feel like this is what I have to do in order to maintain. Um, and I haven't maintained, you know, that's just it. You know, if, when you, even when you, when you're doing, you're in it or you're out of it, it's, it's a mindset. So it's not about the program that you're doing. It's about you. And it, it's really trying to figure out, that's one of the things I've been talking about with my therapist as well, is it's, it's not just about whatever plan or program you're working. It's all about you and how you manage your, your life and how you feel. And so that's more what I've been thinking about versus any tracking. I think tracking is a super grateful tool or helpful tool that I will definitely use here and there, um, whether it be with WW or, you know, my fitness pal or whatever I'm using for macros. I think those tools are super important for anybody, um, you know, if you need them. So don't feel like you can't do that, but uh, don't feel like you have to stick with something as well. So you mentioned maintaining and I feel like that's, Ooh, that word. I wonder what it means. What does it mean to you? Cause I know like with the WW mindset and that's what I lost all my weight on Mm -hmm. maintenance is taught to you as you're this number and you can be within a few pounds of that. It's so arbitrary. (laughs) 
<laughs> it really is. And I'm sorry, but maintaining within two or three pounds is not realistic. Um, there's just no way around that. It's just, you can fluctuate that much in a day. So to say that that's what you should be to maintain a healthy weight, I think is ridiculous. Um, I just know I go by what feels good to me is where I'm at right now. And I'm in it. And, and I'm not even talking about a number. I'm talking about just how I feel. And um, at the moment, I'm outside of that comfortable range. So I'm trying to get back to that. And so it's more about just how you feel in your body, your, you know, your health, your fitness, whatever you're doing, I think, versus maintaining a particular number, it's maintaining your health. And that's where I'm, that's kind of what I'm considering when I say maintaining. Yes. I love that. And I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. That's putting so- a focus number is just, it is just, just so arbitrary. I think it's just not not healthy and it's not realistic (laughs) yeah and it can be a really slippery slope um and and I see a lot of people get really obsessed about that and that is one thing in maintenance quote-unquote maintenance that I've really try to remind myself too is like it's maintaining like exactly what you said for me maintaining is all about maintaining my healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. right and and you know, doing what I need to do for that period of my life. So, um, I'm, I'm glad that you feel that way too. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, it's a good um, mindset to have, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So did you have that mindset three years ago, four years ago, five years ago? God, yeah. It's almost five years. Now. Five years. Okay. Where does the time go? But yes, I, <laughs> I think, I think so. I think it's just, you know, it's just evolved over the, the last few years. You know, I think, when I was in that, that first and, you know, initial WW zone and starting, um, it was all about a number. It definitely was because, you know, you're trying to reach that lifetime goal or whatever it is. And, and I did, and I felt good. And then I got to that point and I was like, well, now what? I mean, I know we're talking about, you know, maintaining or how do we keep this lifestyle going? And I, and I wanted it to be that mindset. I said, I wanted to live a healthy, balanced life. I was kind of always like that 80, 20 lifestyle is what I always, I I like to say. Um, And I still kind of, I believe in that 80, 20 lifestyle, because for me that I, that's what I know works no matter what I'm doing. I don't feel like I need to be perfect or whatever's considered to be perfect all the time. For me, um, it's like having that healthy balance. And that's what I focus on. So important. So you meant. So you mentioned that your husband is like your biggest fan. Love that. Yes. <laughs> I have to ask, what is his favorite recipe of yours? And it doesn't have to be even anything that's on your blog, but what's his oh, favorite thing you make? Healthy on there for sure. <laughs> he's all about, um, you know, he's a steak and potatoes guy or he, you know, anything fried, fried pork chops, fried chicken. That's, he's, um, not as healthy as I would like for him to be. So I think it, I, I balance him out, which is, is good for both of us. Um, so yeah, he's like anything, anything fried basically is what it would be his favorite. <laughs> Who doesn't love fried food? Okay. If he loves fried food, then you guys <laughs> definitely need to go on a vacation, come to Minnesota during our state fair. Oh God. Yeah. I've heard about that. That would be pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Yes, yes. Um, I know for the last few years, we've talked about I think I was talking to Taylor about planning a meetup at the Minnesota State Fair. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> yeah, it it is famous if you've if you've never heard of it, everybody. Um, and and they literally deep fry everything and put it on a stick. Oh, thank you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'd be about that. Maybe maybe, but yeah. No. And cheeseburgers. Oh, okay, you throw a cheeseburger in front of him, he's a happy guy. So I do make a lot of homemade cheeseburgers too. So oh, yum! I love a good homemade cheeseburger. So how do you make? Like, give us the rundown on like a perfect, easy, homemade cheeseburger? Mm. Um, well, I would do a good 80-20 uh, ground beef because uh, you do need a little bit of fat in it for the juiciness of a cheeseburger, especially for uh, what he's looking for. And uh, we'll do one-third pound patties, so I'll take a pound and put it into thirds. He likes a, a, a thick one. Um, and then I'll fry that up with his, some Thick sliced uh, cheddar cheese is his favorite, and we'll do a make a homemade sauce, um, almost like a, a Thousand Island kind of special sauce, and throw that on there with some just fresh lettuce, tomato, and onion on a brioche bun, and you're all set. It's pretty delicious. Classic. Yeah. I do get to make it some uh, fries in the air fryer, though, so those are a little less, so I'll throw those in there <laughs> kind of even it out a little bit more. <laughs> um do you ever try to like trick him with like like you know like the veggie substitute stuff you know they have like this zucchini fries or anything like that does he he doesn't get down with that no not at all <laughs> <laughs> i'll throw on a veggie on his plate he's like what's this green stuff on my plate and i'm like yeah okay whatever eat it <laughs> um what what are your most used kitchen tools uh, my air fryer is probably number one, honestly. <laughs> we use that for everything. I absolutely love it. Um, we threw away our um, toaster and everything when we got that. We use it for everything, reheating and uh, fries, veggies. I love to throw veggies in there. My salmon is like the best thing in the air fryer. It's the easiest, quickest dinner is a piece of salmon in the air fryer. It's so delicious. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my number one. Uh, number two at this point is... Um, probably my ninja blender because I do love to make smoothies and I'll make uh, an, a, everything's ninja in my kitchen too so don't ask why I, just, I love ninja <laughs> they make amazing products I just have to say like and I'm someone who's very hard on my things yeah. I went through so many freaking air fryers and then I bought that double basket ninja air fryer because you you were like showing it on your stories and I was like I, I need that thing <laughs> I'm saying it's the best one that I got to do that with them as a, um, a collaboration, man. I was like, come on, Ninja, get me back. I'd love to do some more stuff with you guys. I have everything Ninja. So, and I, I'm kind of falling into this. Um, I think I'm getting a Ninja creamy for my uh, birthday present because, you know, I'm falling susceptible to everybody else posting about this damn Ninja creamy on Instagram. <laughs> I have to tell you, I have one and I have, I haven't used it. <laughs> in months <laughs> I feel like that's probably how I will be after I start using it but I'm like it's okay you might be better just because you're probably a lot more as a as a recipe creator I'm assuming you're a lot more patient than I am yeah you kind of have to be <laughs> it, there is a lot of or at least for me there was a lot of trial and error and then I would think I would get something down and then I would try to make it again and it would come out completely different and I was just like <laughs> fuck this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does feel like man what am I doing no I, I 
I'm pretty sure that's my birthday present. So we'll okay. see. How <laughs> well, I hope you get one so that you can share some recipes and teach me how to use mine. And then maybe I'll start using it again. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> Um, so what are your most used seasonings? Like what, what do you season everything with? Uh, garlic, onion. Um, I love the Trader Joe's onion salt. That's probably one of my, one of my most used seasonings. And then the Kinder um, garlic, salt, and pepper onion one. Um, I do love a good smoked paprika and chipotle. Um those are probably my top four that I use all of the time. Gotta have seasonings. Love seasonings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you make girl, but I do like uh, seasonings though. You're, I'm sorry. You're not a what? I'm not a hot sauce girl. I don't like hot sauce. I'm not a spicy girl. So that's um, one thing that I don't use, but I do love a lot of good seasonings and flavor. Yes. I can't, you don't like hot sauce. I didn't know that. So you can't do spicy. So I'm assuming your recipes probably aren't very spicy then, right? Um, I do put like, I'll do have a few that have some where you can like add in your, um, the amount to your liking. Like I have a Cajun uh, pasta that I, is really good. And I'll do a little bit less Cajun for me than I would for my husband because he loves spicy. So you can add, you can, you know, alter it to your own flavoring and what taste you like as far as spiciness. But most of my stuff is more seasoned and flavorful than it is spicy. Got it. We need flavor, though. Yes, I gotta have flavor. <laughs> gotta have the flavor. Um, I'm definitely gonna be sharing your recipe with my mom then, because my mom is not a big spice fan either. So, yes, I'd be a big fan of a lot of your recipes. Um, I'm gonna manifest um, a a deal with Ninja for you. I'm gonna be thinking about it. Thank you. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, Ninja. <laughs> um. Do you have any other other products? You said you have their blender and the air fryer. Uh, yes, I have. Well, I just recently bought the uh, coffee and espresso machine that they have, which I am loving. So I've been making my own espressos at home every day. I used to be the, you know, the quintessential iced coffee girl that has to get an iced coffee every time she leaves the house because <laughs> the, every time I get the car, I need an iced coffee. So I bought that and I've actually been um, doing really good making my own um, iced espressos at home, which I absolutely love. So that's been probably my new favoriteest product of theirs. Um, I also have their food processor and one other, oh, I think I have a Ninja Chopper too. So several items <laughs> from Ninja that I use. <laughs> now being such a great home chef, um, what are like the top three products you think every like home chef should have in their kitchen? Uh, a good knife, I will say, is probably one of my top things. I'm really picky about my knives. Um, I think I've gone to like my mom's house and she's got these dull knives. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to bring my own knives every time I come home. <laughs> <to here." laughs> so that's probably my number one is a good set of knives or at least one good knife that you can go to. Um, uh one good go-to pan is also right now I'm in love with my hex clad pan, which is a nonstick like aluminum pan that is phenomenal. Um, that is another good one. And hmm, let's see, what will be the third one? Uh, let's go with a good set of 
wooden spoons or spatulas. I usually use those versus any other type just because um, I don't like to scratch up my pans or anything like that. <laughs> I actually have like an aversion with wood spoons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like popsicle sticks and I don't know what it oh. is. I've always been like no. that. that makes you cringe thinking about it but <laughs> yes <laughs> so when you said that I was like oh god not the wood spoons well but you're not like sucking on a wood spoon that you're cooking with so. <laughs> no it's no it's even just touching it's touching them oh really okay. yeah I don't know why honestly it's it, it's getting better as I get older and also if you have wood spoons like condition the wood I think it's more when yeah. they're like like all dry you know oh yeah you're thinking like the old school ones, though. I yes. think it's, Yeah. <laughs> That's the one my grandma used to have. And was, like splitting on the ends and things like that. Yes. Now. Yes. And you know what? I probably have this aversion because somebody probably hit me with one or something when I was little. <laughs> probably. You got a whooping with one and now you don't want to ring around. <laughs> exactly. Um, one that I do want to add to the list is just like a very amateur cook is a, mm-hmm. meat, a meat thermometer. Oh, you know, yes, I, that's it, probably if if you if you don't have a natural instinct, yeah, for, for cooking meat, yeah, uh, especially chicken, because mm-hmm. a lot of y'all are way over cooking your chicken and it's okay. terrible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I don't use mine as much as I know a lot of good cooks do. Um, I I ha- you will use it more often actually for red meat than I will for chicken. I'm more of a I. I want to go on a touch kind of thing with my chicken. I can feel when I know that I think it's um, where I want it to be. And then letting it rest, always let it rest. Cause after you, you're done cooking it and you take it off, it's going to finish. It'll continue cooking. So don't cut right into it. If you take it off and let it rest, it'll continue cooking. And then you won't have uh, undercooked meat or overcooked meat if you take it off at the right time. So that's kind of one of my tips. Oh, that's a very good one. Yeah. You don't want to poison your family people. No. <laughs> don't uh, but yeah a lot of people don't have the the skills to cook meat to the yeah. right temperatures I know that is a hard one for a lot of people so if that's a tough one for you I highly recommend you get a meat thermometer um and then an just, meat thermometer or do you do just like the um the metal pushing one um I have just like a I don't know cheapy from Walmart and I just mm-hmm. Um, it's like digital and I just stab it, stab mm-hmm. the meat. Um, yeah, super easy. And I love it most. I probably use it most for my salmon. Cause oh. I really, cause I also air fry my salmon, which if you don't just throw your salmon in the air fryer, you are missing out. Yes, seriously. It is the best. It will make your life so freaking easy. Um, but I like mine right at 145. I like it real tender. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's usually what I use it for most. Cause obviously I don't want to under, I don't want to cook it any less than that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you're not a sushi girl then? Oh, I love sushi. Oh, but just different when you're cooking it versus actually eating it raw. Totally. And that's, yeah. And that's a completely different cut of, like type of fish. Like, sure. yeah, I used to work in the sushi industry. Actually, I was a server, um, for a high end sushi place in Minneapolis for, Many years. Um, so I actually know a ridiculous amount about, well, I guess now it's like useless knowledge uh. <laughs> about, about fish. Um, but no, I love sushi. You are also a sushi lover, right? I, yes, but it has to be either cooked or seared because 
I, I'm a te- it's a texture thing for me. I can't do raw. It just it it's kind of like you with the wooden spoon. It really throws me off on the texture. I just can't do it. So I do love sushi like flavor profiles and everything about it, but um, it has to be at least seared for me. Okay, I can respect that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at least you've tried it. I feel like a lot of people like won't even try sushi. Oh yeah, for sure. No, we're a we're a family that's like well seafood's huge in our family so obviously living in the pacific northwest but i grew up you know fishing crabbing clamming all of the the fun outdoorsy seafood things so so i've definitely tried it all and i will i will do that if i don't like it then that's it at least i've given it a try so do you have a good clam chowder recipe oh i just posted one yeah it's actually a seafood chowder um with clams and shrimp and uh we actually had some fish in there too, but we went down to the ocean here in, in Washington a couple weekends ago and went and got our own razor clams and dug those up. And so I came home and immediately made a big old pot of chowder with it. It was so good. Oh my God. That sounds so amazing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You guys will have to go check out that recipe um, and all of Stella's other recipes because you have so many amazing ones. Thank you. Um, and again, you're at everyday Stella underscore. Yes. On Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, and your website is Stella's Kitchen Secrets.com. Yes. Right. Oh, good. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today and coming on the show. It was so nice learning more about you. Yeah. Thanks, Melina. It was nice to chat. Yes. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Happy Sunday. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.